Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining. Today we have Naira Perez. You're running an agency called Spring Hill Digital. And I think one of the interesting things that I'd love to talk to you about is Instacart. And so when we actually first connected, I was like, oh, I wonder if, if that was supposed to be Instagram, because I actually wasn't aware that Instacart was actually a channel for paid ads. And it's not just groceries anymore, right? Like you can buy any number of things. So it's almost moving towards a little bit of a marketplace like where Amazon, you can get anything. And what's interesting is it's almost that, that last mile where you have the immediacy of getting what you want within hours. So I'd love it if you could just give a little bit of an overview of Instacart as an acquisition channel, what brands it's good for and, and what the platform looks like from an advertiser's perspective. Yeah, so Instacart, you know, like you mentioned, it's not for groceries anymore, but it was born out of delivering groceries. And then last year, obviously, with everybody just being very cautious and not trying not to go to a store and with the pandemic and quarantine, so it exploded. It really exploded. So also they have gone from groceries to Sephora, as an example, is in Instacart, a QVC, no, CBS, not QVC, CBS, you know, Disney store has is on Instacart. You can see there is your probably maybe your local liquor store is in, in Instacart. So there is a wide variety of stores and they continue to grow. So what it is good for is if you are in those stores you can get a boost by advertising on the platform. And there is many ways of advertising, but the, the most common one and the self-service one, which means you don't need to go through a rep, is the feature product. So whenever somebody makes a search in the platform and says, you know, bread, then you get all the results for bread, but the first results are feature products. So those will appear sooner and introduce audiences to probably maybe new products or um, you know, to products that are advertising in that keyword. So sure. that's one way. Okay, so the first requisite obviously is that you, you're using retail as a channel. So granted, these are gonna be a little bit bigger brands, more established, and you're relying a little bit more on an omni-channel strategy, not just direct-to-consumer e-commerce. Yes, right. not just direct to consumer. If, if you have, as an example, if you are, you know, a small entrepreneur that has gotten distribution in any supermarket, you know, then, then that's a good way. Like any supermarket that Instacart serves, it's a, it's, it's a possibility for you. So the good thing is that if you have a product and somebody searches for bread and you have a specialty bread but they search in a specific store that you are not in then your ad doesn't show up so it okay. doesn't show up whenever there is no inventory or it doesn't show up if you're not present in the store so you only show up where it can be purchased and delivered okay so it, it's basically like you're bidding on keywords so mm -hmm. it's it search how granular can you get like if you are searching for bread can you do exact match so you only see bread or can you do broad match where it might be wheat rolls or hala, you know, yeah. like, yeah, what, what kind of targeting can you do? So you can do any word that you want. You could actually do butter because people that, you know, buy butter sometimes put the butter in the bread. So you can do butter and bread. So you can advertise on the word butter. The only thing is that if you think about Google 
you know, 20 years ago, that's how Instacart is right now. It is an exact match. So if people look for sandwich or sandwiches, those are two different words. Oh, or really? Okay. Did. Yeah. So if you want to do bread, you have to do white bread, wheat bread, you know, rice bread, you know, seed bread. Sure. Okay. You have to actually think about all the possibilities that the customer could be searching for. Interesting. Okay. And then what are bids looking like in terms of cost? Yeah, that's a great question. So bids are still affordable. I have very good results with under a dollar bids per click, and you only get charged whenever they click on it. So not in impressions. Every platforms have have moved to impressions, like you pay per thousand impressions. If your ad shows, you pay for it. In Instacart, it's not. It's still a cost per click. So you only pay if people click on your ad on or your feature product. Okay, so okay. in that sense, it makes it uh, really nice because only if there is an intention, then you pay. Th- th- that's true. But how about conversion rate? And, and I'm so curious about this because if you're selling a $4 loaf, like, mm-hmm. you know, you have your, your cost as well. And so what, what you might be making from profit, and I don't know a whole lot about retail per se, but I imagine your profit margin coming out of selling a unit of bread from CBS, mm-hmm. it, it might be 25%. And then that, that might be eaten up by some of the ad costs. So like, how do you advise your clients in terms of what you're looking for, for conversion rate? And then if there's even a, a product that it's right for or a price point that it's right for. So what I would actually, and this goes for any platform that you use, whether it is Instacart or Facebook or TikTok, anything, what you have to do whenever you're gonna go advertise in a platform is to find out your break even. Where do you do, where do you cover your costs? Right. And then know that hopefully your price is well above that. And that's your your profit. And that's where you can play with your cost of your acquiring a customer. And whenever I talk about this, I also talk about lifetime value, because a person that is going to be introduced to your bread, it may not only buy it once. It may be the bread forever that they purchase. So I always like to talk about whenever I worked in TV advertising, we analyzed competitors of our brands, and one of them was Proactive, the cleansing sure. uh, product for acne. So that product actually was making the first purchase at a loss. So, you know, if the product was selling for $25, we knew that the cost of goods probably was much higher than that. However, we also knew through research that people will stay with the product and we'll reorder it two to three times more. So once they got out of the introductory product and went to full price, then that's when Proactive started making profit. And therefore the lifetime value totally justified making a little loss at the very beginning. So whenever we're looking at how much they should be, however we look at how much they could spend in marketing or in advertising, we need to consider those two things. One, where do I start making money? And two, how many times on average will a new customer repeat a purchase? And then you can come up with very good data that tells you uh, you cannot spend more than $3 per person 
proactive, they have such a good business model, right? I mean, so it's the acne and uh, acne solution, I guess. And like, yeah, once you start, you have to continue and you, you probably have to continue. I don't know how long it would be, like say six months, a year, three years, however long the problem is, but you can't just like say, eh, it's not really working and, and stop because like, you're kind of like almost, I think biologically made these changes. I, I should probably stop there because I don't know, you know, exactly how the, the scientifically it works, but I do know it's a whole regimen that requires a mm-hmm. little bit more of a commitment than just one time. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they know that. So, but it illustrates how the lifetime value of a customer it's almost more important than that first sale. Totally, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but what about customer data? And and so in some ways that's where proactive might be okay because like, hey, we make that first sale, but we have their contact info, we have their you know like their payment details. Do you get that when you get a conversion with Instacart? No, you don't get that data. And actually, to get more detailed data like oh whenever they purchase your product they also purchase these other product like basket composition you have to spend more so their data the more you spend the more data they give you so oh, if you spend okay. very little you'll get the basic data which may be enough for you but a lot of times with a small budget I've been wanting more data. Like I know that, you know, there is more data here that they have, but my client is not spending enough. Therefore they don't get it. As an example, if I put white bread instead of wheat bread, what kind of, what, which one of my products are they purchasing in that keyword? Mm-hmm. I do not know that. I just know that they purchase 20 units whenever they search for white bread, but I don't know if I, if they went with the, you know, white traditional bread, or they went with another kind of white bread, like, you know, there is butter bread or honey bread, or I do not know. I only know that they purchased 20 units. So you, you can't tie a conversion to a keyword? To a keyword, yes. And then to a product independently, but not together. So oh, and- in that sense, if, I, if these clients in particular were spending more money, we will get more information. So the more you spend, the more information they give you. Got it. Do you know what those thresholds are? Yes, it is based on percentage of advertising over sales. So it's percentages. So if you spend, and I cannot remember right now the exact percentages, but as an example, if you spend 5% of your sale value in advertising, then you get one set. If you uh, spend 10%, then you get another set of data and blah, 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 and go on. So, so okay. those are not the percentages because I cannot remember them right now, but that's basically how it works. So if you're, if you're a big brand with deep pockets, you could almost use it as product research to understand like, so you would say like, all right, with the bread, they get, they also buy ice cream and butter and honey. And these are products that you don't, you're not affiliated with at all, but you can see like the behavior of a customer. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and yeah, it's 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 fantastic. It's fascinating at the same time, because as an example, in talking with our reps, we know that last year, people that, you know, bought wine also bought tons of cheese. So yeah. cheese companies were advertising in the word wine. So that's that's a fantastic behavioral knowledge that now I can take to the rest of my channels. I can make Facebook content, say in the best pairing of cheese and wine, or, you know, I can go into Google and every time people search for wine, I can, you know, put my cheese or, so 
you can learn a lot because it's the end point, right? That's that's the purchase moment. Yeah. And so you have the intention really tied up with the purchase moment. And whenever you see keywords that are performing really well, then you can actually know what people associate your brand. Because I always recommend advertise on your own brand. So you can find out um, what people associate your brand with. Mm. Is it your, your best product? Is that white bread or do they, do they know you for the cinnamon bread? This, you know, that's uh, actually great because then you know if you're going the right direction or not with your brand. Yeah, I, I think it's, th that's great. The interesting thing though, is that you don't know what you don't know. So like, I'm not a, I'm not a paid search expert, but I've certainly run campaigns. And like the way that I would start it is like, you start with a broad keyword. So again, we'll go with bread and you get bread. And then all of a sudden you're seeing the actual search queries of what people are searching for. And then you can see what converts and then you can take those down into exact match or phrase match. And then, so you're lowering your bids and not wasting as much money. But it's that initial part of gathering the actual search queries, which is super helpful. If all you can do is exact match, then it's pretty hard because you're, you're kind of like missing this whole unknown mm -hmm. universe of queries. Is there, a, uh, is there a specific keyword research tool or methodology that you have to get the entire universe of potential keywords? Well, I use Google Trends and uh, I actually search in the platform itself. So there is always this, you know, whenever you start entering a word, then it just kind of shows up. So the autocomplete? Exactly, the autocomplete. The autocomplete in any search engine, it's fantastic for research and to start with. And then once you see words that are performing, then you take them and do variations. And then from those variations, you do complementaries. And we do have a methodology that we follow so we don't get lost. Yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, you're, you, you're a little bit of an omni-channel agency in terms of social media advertising and, and like mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram, Google. Uh, do you have a particular playbook that you like to work with for your e-commerce brands in terms of these channels? We actually try to customize all of our strategies to the the company that comes and asks us to help. Just simply because every startup, which we work a lot with startups, every startup is different. And what we want to start with is always brand awareness and then work on conversion. So those are the two first steps, big steps that we try to achieve with startups because that's what they don't have. They don't have, they may have the best product in the world, but they don't have brand awareness. And going back to what you said, you don't know what you don't know. Once we get out there, then we start seeing opportunities for developing their product further or opportunities for communication or something of the sort. Mm. In general, that's how we approach it. But then we customize it because it's not the same to be, you know, a person selling and selling bread or selling, you know, clothing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's a good way to frame it. Basically like top of funnel build awareness or bottom of funnel, like you versus alternatives. And yeah, for, for brand new brands who don't have the awareness, that's, that's a challenge. You, you seem like you're screaming into an empty desert sometimes. Into an empty desert. Yeah. I but, and I, I'm kind of like there myself just launching a, an app and trying to like, build this brand awareness. 
I found I've connected re- really cool people on Twitter. Twitter has been a great thing and kind of like almost individually outreaching. But yeah, and any any particular channels, like in general, my assumption might be that Instagram is a, a good place to go. And then of course I've heard about TikTok, um, but I, I don't know. I'd love to hear maybe some success stories of, or, or challenges, failures of the brands and, and like how your approach works yeah. to actually get that initial traction with awareness. So actually, you know, we used to be into big platforms and I would tell you without a doubt a year or two years ago, it's like, you, should, you need to be in Facebook, you need to be in the big ones. And now we're moving away from that. And I'm going to tell you why, because there's so many social media platforms that you can find your niche audience, which is a very effective way for advertising. It's not the same, you know, Facebook and Instagram, they have large audiences, but People are starting to get tired. They're, they have learned to ignore ads. And the, the, the results of your investments are not there anymore. It's not like 10 years ago. Sure, yeah. <laughs> totally not. So you, you use those. We still use them and we still love them. But I am actually looking at niche audiences and their platforms. As an example, if we have something that gamers like, then we look for Twitch as that's the gamers platform. So that is a that is a, a good example of niche audiences. And Pinterest is, is one that is, it has really evolved. And I think it is very good to consider, especially if you have a product that is very visual. Mm-hmm. There's a product that you can do a lot with. Where it, before it used to be Instagram, I think in Pinterest is good. And then if you have younger audiences, actually Snapchat. Is a good place. So actually, like eighty percent of younger people have a Snapchat, so in their phones. So it's it's popular, and then TikTok. But TikTok has evolved a lot in the last year uh, because it used to be super young people, and it was like kind of silly videos. And now that that families have spent together a year, TikTok has evolved because it's kind of. Um, been introduced to older demographics. So now TikTok is something that we need to consider even if we do not have a younger audience. Yeah. But the content to be produced in TikTok is so specific to the platform that if you cannot produce it correctly, then I would recommend not to be on it. True. And a little bit of consistency or a lot of consistency is key. But that actually touches on something that I wanted to ask you about. So you have an extensive career in direct response advertising for television. And in some ways, you know, if you're doing long form of that, you have the time to to go into like the product itself, answer customer questions. It might be 30 minutes dedicated to a product, which is actually a, a very long time. Now that time is con- condensed into even, let's say five seconds of a pre-roll on a YouTube ad. I'd love to l- learn a little bit m- more about your experiences and how they impact, how you're capturing attention, how you're moving a customer through the funnel and like psychologically working on this direct response advertising to meet your needs, your goals. Yeah. Yeah. So the difference here between TV is that TV is a passive medium, like the audience is there and you just serve ads. And the only thing audience would do was go to the bathroom while they yeah. ad there or channel, you know, surf channel. But, um, but it was a passive medium. 
social media is a very active medium in the sense of you are interrupting their entertainment, but there is an expectation sometimes of engagement and back and forth conversation. There is more than just the ad. There is the comments that come with it as an example. So in that sense, it is very different. However, I'm going to tell you that you have in social media about two seconds to gather the, your audience's uh, attention. If you don't gather their attentions within two, three second max, they move away and that's it. They don't, they don't watch the rest of your ad. They don't hear it while they're in the restroom or feeding the dog. That's it. It's gone. And you, you may end up paying for that anyway, because you're paying per impression. So whenever you're designing an ad that it's a video, just think about those first two to three seconds and how do you capture their attention? If you capture their attention and they stay, then you can develop the story, develop the product and have a fantastic call to action. But if, if you lose them, then they're gone. Also put your branding very early, just because if they only watch five seconds of the ad, at least they remember, recognize your brand, or they may recognize it in the future if they're serving ad in another platform. So those are the two things that I would recommend. After those five seconds, if they stay with you, then I would always recommend talking about the audience and the problem that you're trying to solve that the audience has. It's not about you anymore. TV was all about me, 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 me as the brand. Social media is all about you, 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 the audience. Yeah. So if you start like, like corporate videos don't work in social media, they will never work because it's like, I don't, I don't care. I'm like, they are not talking about me as a, as an audience person, right? As a customer. Yeah. I, I think those are great points. And yeah, a, a big corporate brand. I, I don't know exactly how you differentiate a corporate brand versus like somebody who represents a corporate brand, but I think you're, you're spot on when in the first five seconds, you know, and I'm thinking YouTube in particular, like you have the skip ad and, and you're just waiting to click it. I'm often watching basketball videos. And so they're like, oh, you got the countdown. The, the ones that work for me anecdotally, I think are like, it might be informal and then it's it's a curiosity. It's something that piques your curiosity. And and so I've spent also have a lot of like e-commerce things. So I might see an e-commerce ad like, hey, you want to know the biggest trick to selling, you know, X seven figures on Amazon. And, and that's like something that you might see a lot of these like gurus yeah. who are pitching their course or product. Um, but yeah, these, these questions, open-ended questions, but they are uh, smart because they're, they know their audience. And so they know like what my goals are. So I, I watch e-commerce videos and, and yeah, I, I want to like learn more about that. So yeah, a asking a question, we have the answer, but just give us this like, you know, one minute, two minutes, and we'll bring you through the course of how we actually come to the solution. And, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It's the questions or the how to's or anything like that works really well in YouTube, which is the second most used search engine. So YouTube is great for that. And if you have videos outside of YouTube, again, you don't have those five seconds and skippable ads. Yeah. You have two seconds to be in their newsfeed, then they're there. So we started talking about like the big brands that are doing well, cause they're already in, you know, like CVS and Best Buy and, and Whole Foods and 
available on Instacart. Now let's go to the other end of the spectrum because you focus on some of these small up and coming brands, SMBs, whatever. And, and that's like marketing on a shoestring budget when mm-hmm. you, you have to be very careful of the resources that you have because you don't have deep pockets, you don't have venture backing. And that's basically like where I'm at now too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your approach there in order to help brands get the most value out of the limited resources that they have? Yeah, we actually do specialize in people with in, in brands with a small budget. I love seeing brands grow. Our approach is always to understand the product and from there understand their audience. Because I want that your first introduction to an audience member, to a potential customer, I want it to be the best one and the most relevant. So as an example, in, in, in social media, there's a lot about broad match and just take women 18 to 24. Well, that may work for brink brands because the algorithm will find, you know, somebody that fits your audience. But for smaller brands, we have to learn first before allowing the algorithm to do their thing. So we have to analyze their personas and just see, okay, my ideal customer, this is what they do, this is what they need, this is how they communicate. We do a lot of research so that whenever we put the ad out there, we have as much information as possible and we have the best opportunity to be successful. Mm. So that, that's actually our approach. It always comes back to analyzing your customer or your potential customer, because sometimes you do not know, especially if you're a startup, you do not know. Yeah. So, so that's from, from there, we go into the message, analyzing the message, and then analyzing their creative. And once we put it up, we're always optimizing. Like we optimize really quickly within the first $100. I can tell you, hmm, things are working or things are not working. Let's give it a, a try here or a try there. And it's all about optimizing. So flexibility from the part of the brand is key. Sure. Because a lot of times brands have been created or products have been created by the founder because they themselves saw a need that was not being covered. But that doesn't mean that your audience is the founder, right? Your audience may be broader or maybe different than the person that created the product. Mm -hmm. So being able to be flexible is something that we require of our clients at the brands that we're helping. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to get tactical for just a second when you're talking about like understanding your customers, understanding your audience and like looking at the data, like what exactly does that look like? What data are you looking at or, or what questions are you asking of potential customers or personas to kind of like fill in the gaps of this is my ideal customer persona? So if we have previous data, then we look at who has bought before. Let's, let's look at normally a very small percentage of your customers will make the biggest sales. So let's look at those. Let's look at the most profitable ones. Let's see if they have a profile. As an example, if, you have, if you're a B2B, you have software and you're selling to uh, other businesses, then you look at what are their needs, what are their industries, what are, how are they using the product as well? Like what's the feature that they are constantly using? Because that's the feature that we're gonna then pick and advertise. What's your, if you have a B2C a, a, to consumer, direct to consumer, then let's look at 
those customers and see what are they buying? What do they buy after? Maybe what they bought as an introduction to your brand is not their favorite product, it's the second product that they bought. So we look at that, we look at obviously gender, but sometimes that doesn't matter that much. Obviously part of the country, we look at demographics, we look at every single aspect of the customer. And we even go into making interviews with customers that are very satisfied and just learn what they like and what they don't like. Mm, sure. And whenever we put ads, as an example, which this is super scary for founders and I totally understand and for people that are advertising on social media, it's comments on your ads. Uh, that's the first question I get. Can I just not do comments in my ads? I'm like, no, 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 you have to. Because that's the great moment where you learn, you get outside of your head and you learn what the audience is thinking about you and your tone of voice and your product. And, and then you can initiate the conversation, you can educate, or you can take that feedback back home and improve something. For sure. So data comes from everywhere in a lot of companies are sitting on a lot of free data from their current activities, from their current sales, from, from customers that didn't convert. Why didn't they convert? Google Analytics is a great place to look and it's free. Google Analytics, if you have it in your, in your website, it's, it's free to look at yeah. and to analyze. So start there. I know a lot of people will try to sell you big analytics tools. Start with free and then move up. That's, that's what we always recommend, like the lowest the lowest uh, priced platform yeah free for sure can't get can't get cheaper than free yeah so basically i, I love that you, you're creating a segment of those who who purchased and and you might want a segment based on average order value the assumption is of course you're tracking all this in in google analytics and then from there you take your segment and then you look at some of the the demographics and then also you know like i just had an idea for for pre-hook, you know, quiz builder for merchants uh, to overlay, you know, those who purchase and, and based on average order, you can ask questions in the quiz. What are your biggest challenges or, or what are you? And, and so if it's a skincare brand, for example, like the, the type of skin you have or, or your goals. And, and then those are the things that also can help add more color and detail to your customer persona. Yeah. And so, yeah. it took me to, uh, I actually teach social media and what I case study that I take to my, to my students is L'Oreal was developing, and this is a big brand and they were developing a new product for hair, what kind of color, what kind of texture. There were a lot of things that they could have done. What they did is they went to YouTube and they, they looked at user generated um, content and analyzed that together with Google trends and then came up with the Ombra hair dye that oh. is a huge success. Very Central did that in their social media too. Whenever they were listening to people talk about their products in social media, they actually generated a new product based on the feedback that and the conversations that people were talking about. So I would say if you do not have that data from customers that are purchasing, already because you're completely new you're like i'm starting from zero where do i start go to social media and if you do not have already a following then look at your competitors and see what their what their the the comments are in their ads in their posts in their 
Yelp reviews, whatever. Start there, gather that information and then make it into something that works for you. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, Repress, thank you so much for sharing your insights and your knowledge. What's the best way to find you online? Through my website, springhilldigital.com. That's springhilldigital.com. And from there, we can direct you. You can go to our Facebook. You can go to our LinkedIn. We have articles that we publish and posts that we publish with all this knowledge. We give it away. For us. So if you try to do it on your own, which I always recommend so you understand if you if you actually hire an agency you understand what you're talking about if you try to do it on your own just go to our website we have a campaign checklist that you can download and make sure that you don't miss anything and just enjoy it all right fantastic narrow thanks so much absolutely thank you